Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So today I have Danielle Zies on the podcast. She's a certified nutritional practitioner as well and a lifestyle coach. She dealt with a lot of hormonal issues and stage three adrenal fatigue. So we're going to talk a lot about stress today. Super, super excited. And she helps people get their awesome back by helping them use total body nutrition to beat fatigue and break through physical blocks that hold them back from living their best life. So she's all about keeping things light, simple, and really delicious. I totally resonate with. So welcome, Danielle, onto the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for joining us from, was it Bangkok, you said? No, I'm actually in Seoul in South Korea. Oh, okay. I already got it wrong. South Korea. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a ways away from Canada. So really happy that you're able to join the call today. And I'm super excited about our podcast chat all about stress because... As you probably know, it is an epidemic and it's quite interesting though because a lot of people I notice in my practice are just day to day kind of brush it off or don't even realize that their body is under stress. So we're definitely going to talk about like what it looks like and how it can show up and I'm super excited to dive into it. So before we get started into the nitty gritty, I would love for you to just quickly introduce yourself. I did a really brief bio, but if you want to talk a little bit about how you came to where you are today, becoming a nutritional practitioner, and a bit about your story. Yeah, I would love to. Um, So like you said, I'm Danielle Zies. I'm a holistic nutritionist. And to be honest, I've always kind of been interested in health and nutrition throughout my life. But for a long time, my approach was a little bit off. (laughs) And I was kind of a keener. And my my, desire to be so keen kind of ended up working against me. And I ended up like I was working in the corporate world at the time. And I just ended up, you know, I was the type of person who was like, who thought I was eating really healthy. And at the time I was on a, on a vegetarian diet and I was exercising every day, like working long hours, not sleeping enough. And all of those things kind of ended up being like a little bit too aggressive. And yeah, I ended up with all these hormonal issues. I ended up being like completely burnt out and that totally just, you know, for somebody who is kind of type A and likes to be do, do, doing, um, not being able to do all the stuff that I wanted to was really frustrating. And it led me into learning more about nutrition. So that's when I ended up going back to school. And now I've, you know, after working in the field for so long, just seeing the impact of stress on all these different conditions that so many of us are struggling with, I just see how we really just have to come back to a lot of the simple stuff that's hitting us day to day today and just manage it a little bit better so we can just like live a life that feels awesome. You know, this is our one shot. (laughs) This is our one shot to live an awesome life and have fun. But we can have a lot more fun if we manage a couple little things a lot, a little bit better, if you will. So, yeah. (laughs) I love it. And I think I read a statistic. Don't quote me on this. It was like 80% or it might be even higher of chronic diseases and illnesses today are caused by stress, which is quite scary because it's literally like we actually have the power in our hands because obviously there are stressors we're going to talk about that we can't control, but a lot of them we can. So it is a lot about like the decisions we take and kind of like, especially our way of responding to situations, right? So 
there is yeah. a lot that we can do and we're going to talk about that so first i want to start to address what is stress and what does it imply because i think a lot of us think that oh like i don't feel stressed or i don't have panic attacks or i don't feel anxious but is that an indicator of stress in the body can you talk a little bit about that yeah, and that's a great jump off point for this conversation. And and like you said, I think a lot of people we we paint those pictures of anxiety and like being really high strung as a typical, you know, somebody who's living with a lot of stress. But there's all these little things that kind of pile up and contribute to the load on our body. When you think about what stress is, it's essentially anything that adds pressure to something. So, you know, whether that's demands from from your work, from our families, relationships, financial stress, like those are kind of common stressors that come to mind when we're thinking about the maybe what could be making us feel stressed out. But like it doesn't stop there. So there's stuff that you know we might not consider as much, maybe not getting enough sleep, being chronically dehydrated, exercising too much or till too little, like depending on what's going on with your hormones. Maybe there's inflammation in your body that is, you know, like a chronic stressor that you've just kind of been living with for a while. Could be like an infection, an injury, chronic disease, um, stress from sitting too much at, at the office all day. Stress. Yeah, we from don't the think f- about that, right? Like nobody thinks about that at all. Like, could this be a stressor? Yeah. Sorry, going, I just had to yeah. No, no, it's it's so true, and there, it's like I guess the point I'm getting at. There's all these little things that kind of add weight to the shoulders of our body and the, you know, the shoulders of our body's ability to process stress. And um, yeah, like sitting at the office today, chronic digestive issues, anything, you know, (laughs) anything can be, be stress if it's adding pressure to just your normal state of being allergies, sensitivities, um, environmental stress, of course, um, household cleaners, the, the chemicals and stuff in that and our exposure to that, like all of that stuff, adds up. And when you think about it that way, it can seem really overwhelming. And that's definitely not how I think we want to make anybody feel. And the cool thing is that our bodies are designed to process and handle stress like a powerhouse. Like our bodies are so well equipped to do this stuff. There's just a lot of things that we can do to help it do so and help it recover better so that everything's just better overall. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think that it's really important that we do understand that we can obviously feel the stress, but that's usually like when we're at the overwhelming point. So it's really important to remember that those little things you were talking about, they do add up to the barrel. And then if it overflows, then we usually see problems. And for the most part, we aren't equipped for all of this stress, right? Like we're just not meant for it. So how does stress and anxiety present itself? So obviously, as we talked about, you know, people know what it feels like to be stressed out in their body if they have like anxious anxious thoughts or panic attacks, things like that. But how else could it show up that we're maybe overlooking? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And, and just like to go back to what you said about the anxiety and depression piece, I think um, just just to remember that the fight or flight response, which is the response your body kind of goes into when it's perceiving a threat, that response alone is designed to make you anxious. It's designed to make you like really aware of what's going on around you and make you feel a little bit extra fearful so that if there's something to be fearful of, you can run away. <laughs> so 
you can, you can see why so many of us get caught up with anxious tendencies when we're kind of living with a lot of stress in our lives day to day. Um, and how does it show up in so many different ways, as you can imagine, just because the Im- impact and the influence of stress is just so vast and far, far reaching because it affects our entire body. Right. So it could be things like sleep, sleep quality, fatigue that you feel day to day to high blood pressure, to inflammation, to gut issues, to autoimmune conditions, thyroid issues, these hormone related conditions that are becoming like all the more common, um, blood sugar imbalance. And then, like you said, that the, the symptoms that go along with de- depression and anxiety as well. And so how would it, for instance, because I know you and me have experience with hormonal imbalances, I think most women a day nowadays mm-hmm. do, um, how would stress really um, affect hormonal imbalances? Because I think a lot of women, if you tell them like, yeah, I think we really need to work on your stress, they kind of roll their eyes like, okay, let's talk about something like, can I take a pill or like, is there a vegetable I can eat? You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. when we tell people, yeah, we should really work on managing your stress, it's kind of like, it almost sounds like a waste of time to them. But so I think it's really important to paint a picture. So could you talk a little bit about how stress can worsen hormonal imbalances in general? Yeah. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. So <laughs> excuse me if I get a little passionate, but oh, I love it. <laughs> you have to remember like hormonal imbalances and, and conditions like PCOS and estrogen dominance and adrenal fatigue, all these like things that we're hearing a lot about these days are becoming so common. Those are symptoms. Those are actually like, those are symptoms of something else going on in your body. A lot of the times, like they're caused by disturbances to the whole hormonal picture. Like a lot of the times, um, especially with like adrenal, adrenal issues or adrenal fatigue, which is like when you're the different stages of burnout, essentially, that is a symptom of a lot of the times our lifestyle. So whether it be abuse in the diet, not having like work-life boundaries and just, just kind of being like addicted to being productive and plugging away day after day and not recovering from all the efforts you're exerting on your body, um, just not taking time to recover and, and not managing stress day to day well, if that makes sense. Yep, totally makes sense. And so I know that you, um, you were talking about, you know, adrenal fatigue. And yeah. um, from your bio, it said that you dealt with stage three adrenal fatigue. Are you able to quickly um, talk about like what that means, like the different stages? Because I think a lot of terms are being thrown around like adrenal fatigue, adrenal dysfunction, burnout. And I think it's yeah. confusing a lot of people. And it's also different, like in terms of if you talk to like conventional doctors or naturopathic doctors, it's, it really depends on what time, type of term you use for you know, adrenal dysfunction, fatigue, et cetera. Um, so what does adrenal fatigue really mean and what are the different stages? Yeah, good question. And I actually <laughs> just released a podcast where we actually answer those two questions. So um, I'll, I'll share okay. that link with you so you can share that, share those if you want. But um, Please do, yeah. what does adrenal fatigue actually mean? So the way that I like to think of adrenal fatigue is it's kind of become a buzzword. So there's some schools of thought when they, well, you know, some practitioners, when they hear adrenal fatigue, it's not actually medically defined. So right away, if you come off saying something like adrenal fatigue, they'll, 
kind of think like, oh, well, that's not actually real because adrenal fatigue is actually technically medically called hypothalamus pituitary adrenal dysfunction, which is just, to put it simply, is just talking about the way that your brain communicates with your adrenals and that axis in which they talk to each other becomes skewed and hormonal imbalance arises because of that. So um, there's different stages of adrenal fatigue or, or burnout. And um, essentially in the earlier stages, that's when we feel normally like more wired, like our stress hormones are high. And when our stress hormones are high, it doesn't necessarily feel bad. So when you're in those earlier stages of, of burnout, it's not often a time that we seek support because it's kind of culturally and socially acceptable to, to be kind of feeling that way. Um, it's really common. And a lot of, for a lot of us, it's, and I know for me, this was definitely the case that was like my normal <laughs> living in this like really kind of like quick paced a little bit. Um, at the time, I, I guess now looking back, I could call it anxiety. Um, but I was just like doing a lot of things and being really productive and having a hard time relaxing and winding down at night. Um, I didn't really think that that obsession with just being productive was a form of anxiety, which I guess ties into the first question. But um, yeah, so in the earlier stages, you're a bit more more wound up, and as you progress, it, it just you start to get more tired and more tired. And like like we said, there's a real connection to our sex hormones, which leads to a lot of these sex hormone imbalances. So where we see um, the estrogen dominance or excess androgens and all of the conditions that kind of arise from having our sex hormones throw out of whack as we get more burnt out and the demands for like more stress hormones on our body is kind of going on, kind of throws other things out of whack and a lot more symptoms start to arise. Love it. Thank you for defining that a little bit better because yeah, it definitely can be confusing and it's just <laughs> thrown around all over the place. So a lot of people probably are asking themselves, how do I know like where I'm at with my adrenals, like stress, et cetera? Like, is there a test you can do? How do you really figure it out? Yeah, that's, that is a good question. So um, I think I just wanted to say, and I'm not sure if I said it clearly, but like when I think of adrenal fatigue, I just think it's like, it could relate to anybody feeling stressed and, and just worn out from their stress in some shape or form, if you just keep it simple, like it's just, you're feeling kind of burnt out from stress. <laughs> um, but yeah, how can we assess it? I think a good place to start is just checking in. Like there's obviously, there's testing out there you can do with your doctor or your naturopath or, you know, your integrative practitioner. And those can be amazing. But I think before we even talk about those, check in with yourself, like ask yourself questions like, when was the last time I felt calm? Was it, was it today? Was it this morning? Was it a week ago? <laughs> or are you the type of person who's kind of been living in kind of a chronically wound up state for a while? Like checking in with yourself. How do you feel? How are you, how are you sleeping? Stress really manif manifests itself in, in many ways, but the big ones that we kind of think about are, am I sleeping well? Like, do I feel calm? Those are kind of big indicators of, you know, just how we're feeling generally with our well-being day to day. So checking in on these little things that make you feel good and gauging where you're at. 
And then if you want to take things to the next level, if you do have a lot of hormonal stuff going on, you want to see, are my stress hormones influencing my sex hormones? Is this why I'm having all of these like uh, uh, menstrual cycle issues? Is this why I'm having this cystic acne? Is this why my hair is falling out? Like whatever your symptom may be, if you want to see if stress is contributing to it, um, you can start you can start with like just basic blood testing from your uh, family doctor. You know, I think that we shouldn't rule that out as a, as a great place to start. If you're, if you're really struggling just to see, you know, are your inflammatory markers super high? Is there any obvious deficiencies or any, you know, any of the stuff that a doctor would want to rule out. And then um, when it comes to more advanced hormone testing, my favorite one on the market these days is the Dutch test. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one, but essentially, um, yeah. It do you, seems like do you the best one. Yeah. yeah, it's really comprehensive. I mean, the reports that come back are like, I think they're like close to 50 pages. They're really detailed, depending on what test you get. And, it, and it, what's cool about it is it's, it's actually tracking or measuring your hormonal profile, sex hormones, stress hormones, and their metabolites. So you can see how they're being used, how they're being processed in your body over the course of 24 hours. So you're not just getting a snapshot of a certain time of the day because our hormones are always fluctuating throughout the day and throughout our cycle. So you can test at certain points in your cycle too, to see like what's actually going on. It just gives you so much clarity if you're really struggling. Have you done the Dutch test for you? I did actually. I didn't do it when I was like really struggling with my adrenals, but I did it more recently and it was, it was cool. Yeah. Cause it shows yeah. like the pathways and all of that as well. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Were you able to analyze it yourself or did you have to have a practitioner read it for you? I actually worked with my practitioner. I like to leave that kind of stuff to yeah, <laughs> not give myself my own plans. Yeah, so. Yeah, it does seem a little bit complicated to read, so I definitely suggest people find somebody who's actually versed in it. Um, but yeah, the Dutch test, definitely, if you can get your hands on that one. Um, I've only heard great things about it. Definitely want to do it soon, but I did the saliva cortisol test a few years ago, um, which did show like, you know, some dysfunction, but I definitely agree with you. Like you don't need, like, it's always great to do testing if you can, but you don't need testing to confirm that you don't feel good in your body. So always check in intuitively. I think that's the best way to assess how you're doing with anything. Um, because if you don't feel off, if you feel burnt out or like not sleeping well, then it's totally can be a thing. Like you can just be at the, t at the beginning of, you know, burning out or, just having too much stress in your life and that's going to affect so many parts of the body as well and it's probably just going to get worse if you don't do anything about it so I completely agree with you know checking in with yourself first because that's really mm -hmm. the best indicator of your health in general and, and the cool thing is is there's no harm in reducing you know relaxing more and reducing exactly. stress in your world there's no there's no harm in that <laughs> so it's going to feel good and it's going to be supportive yeah, regardless of what you're dealing with. You cannot de-stress enough, <laughs> literally. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I love how safe how safe it is. Exactly. You know when you get when you get to talking about herbs and supplements and certain diets, that stuff can all get really complicated. But when we just come back to just managing stress in our lives and like eating clean food and, you know, making sure we're not deficient in certain certain nutrients by just covering our baselines with a, like a healthy lifestyle, then I think a lot of us would just be laughing. Yeah, I mean, there are so many things you can use, like herbs. I love herbs, but 
at the end of the day, if you don't manage the lifestyle and you just use supplements to try and counteract the lifestyle that you're living that's damaging and that's, you know, just going into full out burnout, then there's no point of really doing any of it, right? So yeah. Totally and I want to talk a little bit about lifestyle and maybe some herbs that you love or some supplements. Um, yeah. But let's first talk about changes that you can make that are like sustainable lifestyle changes because I think it's obviously all personalized to each person uh, but we do live in a fast-paced society everyone deals with stress unless you live like in a bubble in the middle of nowhere <laughs> but in the yeah. case of living in a city you know everyone's too busy for whatever it is but how do we really try to manage the stress of whatever's going on, work, relationship, social life, school, um, in a way that's actually realistic. Cause I think a lot of people just give up at the, at the sound of stress management as soon as you talk to them about it, because they just feel overwhelmed by adding mm -hmm. something else into their routine. So yeah. how do you coach people around that? So, yeah, I think one of the most important things when it comes, because we all, we all know what it's like to feel this way. And I think the way I coach it around it is really avoiding. And I see that people want to do this a lot. When we feel frustrated, when we feel overwhelmed, we might go sit at our desks and be like, okay, something needs to change. And then we, we make a plan to overhaul our whole lives. <laughs> and it can be like, I'm going to eat this way. I'm going to work out this. I'm going to meditate this much a day. We make these plans that, can be a little bit too much at once. And we might follow them for a couple of days. We might follow them for a couple of weeks. But if we just drastically change our life overnight, a lot of the times it becomes a lot harder to make those sustainable, if you know what I mean. So I think it's always just come, come back to that whole idea. Like you said, how do we keep it simple and how do we keep it sustainable? And with that, you just start small. And you have so much power. I just want everyone to remember that. Like you have so much power to change the way that you handle your stress day to day. And so as we were talking about, check in with yourself and think about like what is going to make the biggest influence for you. It might be nice to sit down and write down all your goals. Like, okay, it could be as simple as my goal is to just meditate 10, for 10 minutes every day. And I mean, that one is a little bit more straightforward. So if you're going to do something simple like that, um, I just recommend being, when you're picking what you want to do, be specific as to when, when you're doing it and make it really clear for yourself. So if it's something simple, like I want to meditate for five, 10 minutes every day, be clear on when. So for example, when I wake up in the morning, I will turn on the kettle and while my tea steeps, I will meditate for five minutes so that there's no wiggle room. If you say like, I'm going to just meditate in the morning. Sometimes life gets in the way and we make excuses as to why <laughs> we're going to push it off. And then it ends up being the afternoon and we didn't do it. But if you're really specific on the when that's really going to help you and just starting really small with something that doesn't feel overwhelming. So that could be your goal or it could be one little piece of your goal that is going to contribute to like, you know, if you're, if you're working towards something like, get to be totally symptom free from my PCOS. This could be just like one little piece of the puzzle and you, you build on it once that meditation feels really good until you get to the point where you're really comfortable with it and you're transforming your life in a way that didn't feel too shocking. And on yeah. that note, um, 
there's really simple things. And I always suggest starting there where, you know how we were talking about all these little things that accumulate, like our environmental contaminants, like sitting too much at work, all these little things that kind of contribute to the load on our body every day. Where can you start where it doesn't even really require too much of your thought or energy? Like things like getting a water filter, things like swapping out your laundry detergent for a clean one, getting some natural soap for your shower, those little things that you, there's no shake up to your routine, but they, they really do help reduce stress in some shape or form. And they're going to be helped reduce to reduce that load overall. So pick the little super simple things, start there and then build on it. Yeah, I love that because we don't emphasize enough. I think people are looking, you know, to run the marathon before even like, before even walking, you know, it's just, we need to start with the baby steps and they accumulate. And honestly, I always emphasize that the baby steps are the big ones because they make such a difference. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Another thing that I think is very important to mention is the mindset around stress because it really depends on how you react to a situation, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Have you heard of the? Um, have you seen the TED Talk "Make Stress Your Friend" by Kelly Mc McGonial? I think her name is. I don't think so, but I'm looking that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in her TED Talk, and this ties in exactly to what you just said, and I think is so important for everyone to understand. Like, there's so much power in our thoughts. So in her talk, "Make Stress Your Friend," she references this eight-year study that they did in the states where they tracked, I think it was 30,000 adults. And they started by asking these people how much stress they had had experienced in the last year. And then they were also asked, do you believe that stress is harmful for your health? And then they used public records to track which of those people ended up dying. <laughs> and so interestingly enough, the people who had said that they experienced a lot of stress in the previous year they actually had an, a 43% increased chance of dying, but only if they also believed that stress was bad for them. And if they didn't believe that stress was bad for them, then they were at no more risk of dying than the people who said they had very little stress. Wow, that's incredible. And I'm not surprised at all because, yeah, your beliefs shape your life, right? So yeah. totally, it makes sense. So yeah, I definitely recommend working on the mindset and like how you react to certain things too because even if you literally just instead of you know having a mental breakdown having deep breath and closing your eyes literally can shift your whole interpretation of the situation right so really just yeah. slowing down and things like that check out that video I will put in the show notes um, what are your favorite ways of managing your stress yeah I thank you I like um, I think that for me because I'm, I'm the type of person who's prone to just like having, just kind of feeling overwhelmed. And when I become overwhelmed, sometimes I think it's easy for a lot of us to just get stuck in like how to move forward. And so I try to manage that daily. And so for me, the big ones are things like journaling and just like dumping out my thoughts, making lists, making sure that I plan things like key focus things that I really know I need to get done in a day or in a week in my, my calendar Having the peace of mind for me, knowing that things are going to get done at a certain time, gives me freedom to not worry about it later and be more present in the rest of my life 
which is good for, for us who struggle with, with boundaries. <laughs> so, you know, yep. entrepreneurs, <laughs> moms. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that for me, that that's like a big one day to day. And then I try to, as a nutritionist, I use food to just always be supporting uh, less stress <laughs> in my body and exercising gently, depending on like just being intuitive to what my body needs, I think. And yeah, the mindset piece is, is huge. I, it's, that's a big one for me because it's more of a challenge for me. I feel like more of the lifestyle stuff comes a bit more, you know, with, with exercise and nutrition, it's so much, I, I've kind of been practicing that stuff for a while. For me, it's a little bit more easy than sitting down and quieting myself. So, you know, having better sleep hygiene. So those are the ones that I'm always working on and it's constant practice, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to emphasize that it's constant practice. It's a work in progress. And that's why I always work on morning and night routines with all of my clients, like across the board, because it's those little times where, you know, you have some time for yourself and you actually prioritize it, that it's going to make the big difference. Because if you just, you know, you say, yeah, I'm just going to deal with it like once in a while, it's not going to happen, right? So it's really, you have to make it into a habit so that you're actually you know, slowing down, pausing, bringing down the stress hormones every day. Otherwise, we're just going to find more and more stuff to do and become more and more overwhelmed, right? So definitely consistency is the biggest factor. And we were yeah. talking a little bit about herbs because we're nutritionists and mm -hmm. I haven't really met a nutritionist who doesn't like herbs. So <laughs> whether it comes to like, you know, food, herbs, whatever it is, are there any sort of dietary components or supplements that you really like to manage stress that you've seen helpful with you or your clients? Yeah. And I think it's important to know when you have hormonal issues associated to your stress. So like the different stages of adrenal fatigue, I think it's important to really like understand where you're at and be safe about things because there are certain herbs that can actually make your condition worse if you're not picking the right ones. So, um, you know, for example, like when your body's super stressed out and you're getting into the more advanced or like, let's say that we're in the earlier stages of, a, of adrenal fatigue or burnout, that's the time when your body's like already pretty wound up and we're very like, go, go, go. We might be feeling kind of anxious, um, not sleeping well. It's the time when we might be prone to like reach for more things like coffee. Mm -hmm. We want to be careful with go for going when our body's already highly stimulated you want to be careful about going for herbs that are just going to stimulate you more because they can actually just contribute to more burnout. Yeah, like I would one... love for you to, sorry, touch on a oh, little bit, yeah, like if somebody's dealing with a lot of stress and, deal, and, you know, reaching for coffee, how may that be detrimental? It can be de detrimental just because you're stimulating an already probably stimulated system. And I see this a lot where people who are, especially in the earlier stages of burnout, they are stimulating all day <laughs> to just like feel better through, especially as they get into the, the more advanced stages where they're starting to get a bit tired. They're using things like stimulants as a prop and you're, all, you're just stimulating an already really overdriven system, which is just can burn you out even more. And like that also really influences the way, the quality of our sleep. And so sometimes people are kind of surprised, like, I don't know why I don't sleep well. But meanwhile, if you look at what you've been doing all day, you've just been stimulating yourself with caffeine and, and sometimes stress supplements that are keeping you like really geared up. 
<laughs> and then at the end of the day, you're just kind of wanting to go to the other extreme. So when you're not sleeping well, it kind of is, of course, going to build on, just make everything a little bit worse. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. It's just adding more fuel to the fire. Um, so that's usually recommend, like, if you can, stay away from it. Otherwise, in the morning with food. Because, yeah, yeah, some people will be, like, drinking till 3 p.m. And then they're like, well, I can't I go to sleep? And I'm just like, it's pretty obvious. But <laughs> Yeah, um, sorry, for sure. Sorry, I interrupted you when you were talking about your favorite foods and supplements, right? I think I cut you off a little bit. Oh, right. So coffee. <laughs> coffee is one of my, <laughs> my favorite foods. I think it's delicious. But I think your relationship with it is important, like we said. So favorite foods and supplements. I think, like I said about the herbs, sometimes you need to be be careful. And I totally love them. I think they can be so supportive, but, um, my favorite place to start is just with better food and nutrition and just keeping in mind that a chronically dehydrated body is a stressed out body or a body that is chronically lacking essential nutrients, maybe because we're not getting them in the diet or because we're super stressed out and using up nutrients really quickly and not able to keep up with the demands, then your body is lacking an essential you know, cofactor or nutrient that it needs to function optimally. And that puts your body in a kind of a stressed out state too. So I think it's a really cool place to start with this, just like making sure that we're hydrated and making sure that we're eating a really colorful diet um, in the right portions, not, you know, not going crazy with the portions because eating too much is also stressful in a sense to your digestive system. Um, so just like eating well and then I think when it comes to using supplements, I like starting with the essentials that a lot of us might be lacking, especially if we're stressed. We tend to fly through things like the magnesium really quickly, even more so if we're stressed and drinking coffee. So I love using like a relaxing mineral like magnesium to just help calm everything down and help us sleep a little bit better. Um, B complex, if you're feeling like you're really tired, um, the B vitamins are really important for just nervous system support, our metabolism, and they're nutrients that we use up really quickly, again, when we're under a lot of stress. So a good B complex with the Bs in a methylated form, which would be the ones that I recommend, um, a nice magnesium supplement, if we are talking about supplements, and when it comes to using herbs, I'm... I, once I kind of, I think a safer place to start, depending on, of course, your medications and whatnot, you always want to, before taking the herbal stuff, you always want to make sure that, you know, get a go ahead from your doctor. Um, but I, I like going for the more calming stuff because a lot of the times these stress pictures were just, our nervous systems are really like tight wired and they're really uh, kind of wound up in any stage of adrenal fatigue. So I think it's more about like just calming down the nervous system so that the whole system can calm down and our body can have more of the opportunity to rest, recover, and repair. I love that. Could not agree more. This was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and tips. I think a lot of people can really use this because as we mentioned, it's an epidemic and not one person I know of or have I ever met doesn't deal with stress on some level. So thank you so much. Before we jump off today, I would love for you to talk a little bit about what you do, where we can find you, how we can stalk you. Um, if there's anything you want to like share with the listeners, go ahead. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been great to be here. And so if you guys want to get in touch, my website is simplynourished.ca. And I work one-on-one -on -one with people. But I also wanted to mention that I'm part of this collaboration that is stressed focus. It's called healyouradrenalfatigue.com. That's the website too. And um, what's cool about that, it's a collaboration of different health professionals. So I'm the co-founder and team nutritionist, but my business partner in that is like this amazing lifestyle um, mindset coach. We have a team of naturopathic doctors that we work on. We offer international Dutch testing with virtual consults. So, you know, if you're looking to get your hormones tested, um, we offer a lot of stress specific support, support there. And we have a, a monthly membership program where you get weekly coaching and it's all about helping keeping you accountable and consistent and supported while you transform your stress. And um, it's called the Adrenal Recovery Revolution. So I'm happy to share you got, with you guys uh, like a discount code if you, if you wanted to like come try that out for a month and Amazing. see what we're all about. Yeah. I will definitely share all of that in the show notes so that the listeners can hop on over. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that and the discount code. I think that's really nice. And yeah, I honestly think that that is so needed. So anybody who is dealing with any of this type of stuff, Danielle is your girl. Thank you so much for coming on. I will share all of your links in the show notes and everything we talked about. So you guys can on all of those, check it out and definitely want to have you back. Cause I think we could, talk again and again and again for like so many different <laughs> topics but for thank sure. you again for today my pleasure and is it okay if i leave you guys with a quote before before we cut things yeah, off please do okay so this is from james clear from his book atomic habits which is amazing and i recommend that everybody read but it's the quote is all big things come from small beginnings the seed of every habit is a single tiny decision but as that decision is repeated, a habit sprouts and grows stronger. Roots entrench themselves and branches grow. And the task of breaking a bad habit is like uprooting a powerful oak tree within us. And the task of building a good habit is like cultivating a delicate flower one day at a time. And I just love that. And so I challenge you guys to think about how are you going to cultivate that delicate flower that is your new approach to stress management? <laughs> I love Something it. I will about. definitely check that book. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Thank you again for sharing and for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you loved the episode. As usual, if you do, I always appreciate a review on iTunes. Rating and review, really easy to do. Uh, you can just Google it if you don't know how to do it. Super straightforward. takes three minutes, not even 30 seconds. And it really does help me and the podcast become more known for people to find and it really does help a lot of people so thank you so much for supporting the podcast and if you do have any suggestions questions recommendations things you want to hear you can always check out um, my website uh, the contact page send me a message and i'm always looking for topics or you know, addressing different topics that you really want to talk about. So don't hesitate to reach out. Always looking for feedback and suggestions. And I really appreciate all of your support.